Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is Pastor Winfred Burns, and you are live with the Word on Wednesday. Uh, We bless God for each of you tonight, and uh, tonight we're going to jump right into good evening. Uh, Tonight we're going to jump right back into uh, Galatians chapter 6 after a word of prayer. Uh, so let's get get right at it. Maybe, maybe we finish tonight, Galatians 6. I don't know. I don't know, but I'd like to. Um, anyway, let's let me adjust that camera real quick. Now, let's just have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. God, we bless you and we praise you. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, O oh God, that even now you minister unto us to our every need. We bless you, O oh God. We praise you and magnify your name. We bless you for health and strength, the activity of every limb. For minds that have been quickened by your spirit that allows us to go into your word and be sumptuously. We bless you. Now tonight, O oh God, as we come into your word, we would pray that you would lead us and guide us, that you would teach us, that you would fulfill your promise to lead us into all truth. And God, not just show us the truth, but deposit it within our hearts. Your word, O oh God, have we hid in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Oh, help us, God. Oh, help us as we seek to live lives that are pleasing to you, as we seek to walk in the Spirit, as we seek to keep step with your Spirit. Help us, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when we left, off last week, we we started with the by connecting chapter five to chapter six. In chapter five, our conclusion was that we were being freed to produce fruit, and we went back and we showed you in John chapter fifteen what Jesus said concerning abiding in him, and as we abide in him and he abides in us, we are fruitful. Uh, And so it's, good evening, Uh, so it's really important that we um, abide in Christ by staying, by, by walking, living in the spirit and keeping up with God's spirit. But then last week we we posed the question, so what is this freedom for? Uh, and it's not just to multiply and, uh, or to 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 produce fruit, but it is to be productive enough to share. And chapter six, the first uh, four verses starts out with sharing with your brothers and sisters. It's uh, specifically uh, it says to share with them in their struggles. 
What does it say? If a man is overtaken in a sin, ye who are spiritual, restore. And we talked about what it meant to restore, to reset him, uh, but to reset him gently, uh, to, to, to bring things back into alignment, to bring things back into alignment, just as if you were setting, resetting a broken bone, that we don't have to be rushed, a rough, that we don't have to be um, uh, uh, all stern and everything, but but we have to be firm, we have to be uh, uh, gentle, directed, uh, not willy-nilly, and and not beating on folk. Restoration is a process that is best done in love. The second thing that we learned is that we learned that we were to share each other's burdens. That we, if someone is having difficulty carrying their load, if somebody is is struggling, that we need to learn how to share. We don't we don't just walk off and leave them there. And and you know one of the things I thought about uh, uh, is. Um, when Jesus talks about the man who who on the Jericho road, when that when that when that guy was beaten and left for dead along the Jericho road, and the church folk just walked by him, but a person who was considered a dog, the Samaritan, came along. This good Samaritan comes along, and he takes him. Not only does he takes him, but he dresses his wound. He takes him to an inn. He. Uh, um, assumes responsibility for this individual. Well, that's what bearing one another's burden looks like, to step in and help that person, even going as far as assuming the responsibility to make sure that that person is brought back to wholeness. That's what that's what God is saying to us today. Today, when we look around at our brothers and our sisters, our neighbors, uh, even strangers, and we see them in a position where they are being buried by a load, that we should step in and help lift them up. That's what real. That's that's what we've been free to do to help lift people up. You know, when we receive the blessing. When Abel, and, and we've argued early on that, that we are the seed of Abraham, we are heirs of the promise along with Abraham, and what was the promise given to Abraham? That he would be the father of a great nation, and that he would cause blessing to come to nations. Well, as descendants by faith, of Abraham, we receive the promise of Abraham, the promise that we who have who walk by faith with Abraham are to be a blessing to the nation as blessings are given to us as we as the fruit of the spirit expands within us and multiplies within us that we are to extend, we are to share, we are to bring those blessings to others. We're not to build bonds and say, mm, I think I need to, I got so much now, I need to be build bigger bonds. No, we're not going that route. 
but instead we will utilize the blessings that God have, has given to us, the fruitfulness that God has caused to, to erupt in us to be a blessing to somebody else. And that, that somebody else can be a neighbor, a friend, but it extends to the nation. That's our purpose. Okay, so now that was the first four verses. Now let's get into, let's pick up where we left off last week in chapter 6, verse, uh, what was it, 5 I think it is? Oh, yeah, well, this is a good verse. This is a good verse. I'm gonna, I'll start with verse 5. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. So now it goes from um, sharing with your brothers to specifically sharing with your instructors, those who instruct in the word. I could say a lot about that, and I, I think I will just say it just a little bit. Most people don't realize what it takes from a man or woman of God to share with others from the word of God. In order to share something, you've got to receive something. You've got to have something to give. And the way you get through the word of God is by spending time in, with God in his word, studying his word. As a matter of fact, I'm... Uh, just recently, my study time has been prolonged. Normally, uh, I start studying at about 7.30, and I'll go from about 7, 7.30 till about, oh, 9, 9.30, something like that. But recently, God has been getting me up every day at about 5 in the morning, and my Study sessions extend from about 5 in the morning. I'm not talking about my prayer sessions. I'm not talking about my worship sessions. I am talking about just plain study. My study will start at about 5 in the morning, be briefly interrupted for, for me to drop my wife off, and then they'll go until probably, oh, 9, maybe 9.30. And that's just the start of it because all day long, I'm pondering the things that God has taught me or is speaking to me or is showing me, and then I, sometimes in the evening I'm back in there. So what, is that, what does all that mean? Is that, that, that's not said to impress anybody because, you know, I know people that go to their jobs at 5 o'clock in the morning, and they do their jobs from 5 o'clock in the morning until whenever they can get finished, sometimes 6, 7 o'clock at night. It's not said to impress you, but instead when you are drawn into the word like that, and the preachers and the teachers are spending time in the Word. Guess where they're not spending time? They're not spending time making money or doing the things that they could do to benefit themselves because they are servants of the Most High God. And so uh, and Paul is taking us back to the system of um, that was instituted in the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, if you remember, when there was an allocation of land given to each of the tribes, the tribe of Levi didn't get anything. As a matter of fact, God says, I'm your portion. I'll be your portion. And the portion that was allocated to the Levites 
came from the people. And the Levites were the ones who were taking care of the temple. The Levites were the ones who were instructing and teaching. These were the priestly class. And so they lived as the people gave. And this is the same thing that, that now, when you are fruitful, when you are fruitful, then you should share with the people who are teaching you how to be fruitful, who are transmitting by God's spirit to you how to be fruitful. Now, am I, off, am I asking anybody for an offering? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that right now. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe one day, but not, not right now. Uh-uh. No, that's not, that's not the purpose. The purpose is to teach. That's it. So as when you're at your church, when you're dealing with your pastor, when you're dealing with ministers, and they have taught you, and they are being a blessing to you, and God has multiplied for you. Don't be scared, and don't be stingy-hearted toward them. But instead, as you have, share with them. Share with them. Me, you know, I'm blessed. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm living in the supernatural right now. I'm not saying that I don't have... You know, wants. I ain't, I'm not saying that at all. No, I'm not saying it at all. Because as a matter of fact, they got this this golf club called the Callaway Rogue. It's a it's a it's a driver, and it's a three wood. Ooh, I like them. I like them. But do I need them? No, I don't need them. I got golf clubs that I don't even get a chance to hit. I like golf balls. You know, the things that I need. My God supplies my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, if he stimulates your heart to go into, you know, a golf galaxy, a golf world or something like that and, you know, come up with that uh, that driver, you know, ooh-wee, ooh-wee, I, <laughs> yes, I will. But anyway, I'm just playing around. I'm goofing around. But what we are to do is we are to share. The thing now is sharing. Now, keep going. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So, what's he saying here? Now, we normally we teach this as the principle of sowing and reaping, and when we teach the principle of sowing and reaping, we, uh, the greater emphasis is always placed upon our ability to put money in a plate and have God give prosperity back. Prosperity goes beyond money. As a matter of fact, money is just a tool that God uses to prosper us materially. Here, what we need to focus on more than the material prosperity is the spiritual prosperity that comes from sowing to the, through the Spirit of God. It's specifically what it says, a man who, one who sows to please the Spirit, the one who uh, sows to get the amen, the so be it, the will done 
from the Holy Spirit because they're doing exactly what the Spirit of God says do according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That spirit, that that person will, as it says, reap from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, when it says a man who sows to the flesh, this, this this phrase basically says a man or woman who sows according to their unregenerated nature. A man who sows according to his own will, absent God. So this is a man who says, I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm going to build what I want to build. And Jesus says of that, when you do that, you're building on a bad foundation. You're building on sinking sand because when trouble comes because you are dependent upon yourself and you're walking within your own plan, you built according to the plan that you drew up. The wind blew and great is the fall. You see, it won't stand. It's what he said. Of the flesh will reap corruption. Go over to, um, um, let's see, just turn real quick to uh, Galatians 5. Here, I think it's about 5.21. No, let's, 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Acts, um, excuse me, Galatians 5, 5.19. The acts of the sinful, na sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I go back because there is the connector. If you sow to the flesh, this is the outworkings of the flesh. And so if you look in the garden of your life and you're expecting daisies or you're expecting azaleas or you're expecting uh, some type of beautiful flower, if you're doing it your way, what you can expect is nothing but weeds. And if you've ever had weeds in a garden, what weeds have what weeds do is weeds will crowd your plants and choke out anything that's good so they can dominate. Mm -hmm, that's what weeds do. And so so what Paul is basically saying here is that if you sow fleshly things, don't expect to reap the things of the spirit. Don't expect to have the life of God in you, because all that's in you is you. But if you sow according to the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is in you, then the fruits of God will manifest within you and come out of you unencumbered. And you are experiencing you are experiencing, notice what I'm saying now, watch how I say this, you experience eternal life, not just, or, and the, the, not just later on, 
but you begin to experience it now. You say, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. You experience the life of God now, in this time, now. I'm saying it, and I'm saying it slow, and I'm not moving on for a reason. I want that to sink in. I want you to begin to look, because when you experience the life of God, what are you experiencing? You're experiencing supernatural life now. So now, then you have the ability to call those things that are not as though they were. You begin to call things into existence. You begin to live as God intended you to live. You don't live a life that is finite, that ends. The only thing that happens to us who are not going to be caught up in the air is that when we pass from life, we don't pass from life to death. We pass from life to life. We walk past death. And that's why we say, oh, grave, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? That's why we can say that, because we're not going to experience death as uh, the unregenerate man experiences. But instead, we walk past death, and so we, we have life come alive. So when we leave here, it's not a period. We just keep on living. Think about that. I, I, I know I wasn't supposed to go there, but I'm, I went there anyway. So it says, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The King James says, be not weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap if you faint not. And <clears throat> let me translate that for you. I'm going to use my notes so I can, you know, get, get right on time. Um, here. Let us not be weary. Don't give in to trouble. Don't become frustrated by difficulty. Don't be defeated in spirit. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, well, let me stop. Discouraged. Discouraged basically says, don't let your courage be taken from you, but instead, you know, you know in Joshua, one of the things that, that starts that book is be of good courage, be courageous. Look, be one that, that don't back down, that's not scared, that don't let fear make them turn tail and run. Stand steady yourself and see the salvation of God. Do not let yourself become discouraged, faint-hearted, drug into despair, drug to depression, ready to give up or even quit. Be Let us not be weary in well-doing, for at the proper time. Now, this, this I'm, I'm going I'm to do, uh, um, I want to I show you something. It says, at the proper time, as a po uh, if we do not give up, let me, let me read it out of my Bible, because my notes are sketchy here. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest 
if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, so it says at the proper time, and the proper time means it means uh, um, uh, uh, um, proper is a word that means uh, a special relationship between time. That's proper. When you get to that special point in time. Now, time here means uh, instead of being chronos, it's kairos. It's kairos. And kairos time is it's a season, it's an opportune time, it's a critical time. It is a decisive point in time. It is a specific time. It is the time of opportunity. So the difference between chronos, chronos measures time in a linear fashion, and it segments it off minutes, hours, days, weeks, years. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the time of opportunity. When there is an opportune time, when God says time, right now, kairos, when he says that this is your time, and I believe even now that some people are, are, are in that time, some people are coming up to it, but they're in that time. It says, don't be weary in well-doing because in due season, when the time is ripe, you will reap a harvest. We don't give up. And so as we have opportunity, now guess what the word opportunity is? Guess what the op word opportunity is? Okay, I want to show you to verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. You know what they translate that word uh, opportunity from? Same word as they say due season, kairos. Same word, same word. As we have that special, as we are confronted with that special time, when we come upon a specific incidents that happens in time where we can change the quality of the situation, where we can take a homeless person and make sure that they have warmth, where we can take that individual and make sure that his belly gets full, where we can go up to a young lady who is struggling with her children and give her some relief by giving by paying for a, a box of pampers that she really can't afford or by blessing her by saying, you know what, put your weak card away. I got this. This will help you. I know you. I know you're having trouble making it, feeding your children from from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. So guess what? First two weeks is on me. Let We can pick up the last two weeks. I got this. As we have opportunity, to, uh, uh, the opportunity, the kairos, as we enter a season where we can do good for someone else, remember the theme of Chapter 6 is sharing, then we should do it. Therefore, as we have, verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Watch this now, because this is where the church mess up a lot. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We should not be sitting up there in our Gucci while somebody else got their backside out. We should never see a child in a household of faith as long as we got they got. If all we got is a pot of beans and they got nothing, guess what we eating today? All us eating beans. Either we all eating, there ain't nobody eating. And when you come to the Burns house, don't eat before you come. Because we're going to throw down, and you, it might not be uh, according to what you, you, as they say, what you like. But if it's in that refrigerator, oh, we're going to throw it on the stove. We're going to get some bread or something. we stirring something up. We're getting full. Because that's how we do it here. In every church, there should be no lack. There should never be lack, especially when you got a full barn and you looking people without our clothes. Mm-mm. No, because if we go in our closet, all of us, we got stuff that we don't even know we got. We got stuff with tags on it. We got stuff that we wore one time and forgot. And there's somebody running around their feet on the ground. Oh, the devil is a lie. If we did it the way that God has told us to do it, there would be no lack. And his plan has always been for there to be no lack. But the church has gotten caught up in the world. And so, we, as they say, now we're doing it like they're doing. We're building bigger barns. We're talking about... Ooh, I need some more closet space. No, you don't. You need to take some of that stuff out your closet and give to somebody who need it. I need another this. No, you don't. What you need to do is you need to bless somebody else. Clear some space out. God can't give you nothing else because he ain't got space to it. Period. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, so what? Let me finish. Um, ooh, I've run out of time. I've run out of time. So, let me just say this. As we'll finish, I guess we're going to have to finish next week. It's just, it's a little, it's just a little bit left. Can I st- If y'all give me five minutes, I'll finish tonight. Give me five minutes. Y'all can give me five minutes. Y'all can give me five minutes. Come on, give me five minutes. Okay, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm gangstering it. Verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel, are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Now, what's he saying here? He's saying that those who want to see you circumcised, who are who want to make a good impression are those who are wearing a mask. On the outside, they're saying one thing, but internally, they have got another intention. They smiling in your face while they're trying to stab you in the back. They're smiling in your face while they are trying to uh, put you back into bondage. 
They're smiling in your face for a reason, and the number one reason that they're smiling at you and saying, saying, preaching you this gospel that's really not a gospel is they want to enslave you. That's been the theme. They want to bring you back under the bondage of the law. They want to take away your liberty from you. That's one. Why do they want to do it? The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. What's happening here? What's happening here is simple. They're saying that they want to belong so much to the Jewish community and be accepted by them. Because if they announce that Jesus is the way, that all you need is Jesus, then guess what happens? They get kicked out of the synagogue. They get ostracized. They get criticized. They are looked upon as dogs. And so to preserve their status within the community and avoid the persecution that will come from their fellow Jewish citizens, what they're doing is they're trying to say, yeah, we got Christ, but... We we are teaching them that they have to obey the law. So in other words, we're not making Christians, we're making Jewish proselytes. They will be they will be under the same rules and regulations as everybody else. They just, you know, they got this Jesus thing going. That's what that's what that's what they're trying to that's what it means when it says they are trying to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. And let me finish. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law. That's pretty simple. What he's, what he's saying here is, the, even after those that are circumcised, why do you think they go to the temple every Sunday? Why do you think they're still sacrificing? Why do you think they're trying to get the, the, uh, uh, um, the approval of God through sacrifice? Because they're breaking the law. They're lawbreakers. They know they can't keep it. And now they're trying to put something on you that you can't keep when you don't need that because you have been justified, you have been declared righteous by God due to the work of Jesus Christ. Yet they want to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. That's what we talked about. They got circumcised, they're proselytes, they got baptized, blah, 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 blah. May I never boast, verse 14, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I render the world, the world system, the religion of the world, the understanding of the world, I have been crucified to it at its to me. I'm dead to the world. The world no longer has any impact, any power on me. And, I, and as they say, and I to the world. The world system is dead. I'm dead to it. It doesn't empower me. It doesn't move me any longer. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. The only thing that I'm interested in is what God has done from above in my life. I have been born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things are past. 
all things have become as new. Then he says, peace and mercy, I'm on verse 16, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Y'all can stop all this conversation about who I am. Because you know who I am. You Galatians especially saw when I came to you that I was suffering, that I'd been beaten, that I'd been run out of different towns because of my testimony of Jesus Christ. You saw what happened to me in the in in, in doing that first missionary journey. You saw it. You saw them chasing me. You see the marks within my body. The grace of our Lord, verse 18, the final verse of our study. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The favor of God, he says. May God lean full towards you and extend favor to you is exactly what he's saying. May God lean towards you and extend his blessedness toward you. Be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So be it. So what did we learn? We learned that we were freed to share. We learned that we have been set free to bring blessing to the world. That we should not go back under a system that enslaves us and puts us into bondage, but instead we should walk in our newness of life, spreading the blessings of God according to the manifestation of the Spirit within our life, that we are destined to prosper in all things, and that prosperity goes beyond money, but to a quality of life and that we, because we follow the Spirit, are living in a realm of eternity, even on earth. That's what we learned here. Now, I know that there's a, a lot more that is in this letter. I know that God has spoken to you on a number of occasions about different things in this letter, and I pray that you have received them. Um for those of you who miss lessons, uh, well, let me let me just pray. Hey, how you doing? Um, let me just pray, and as I pray, I want to answer any questions that you might have tonight concerning uh, this teaching of the uh, the final um, chapter of Galatians. And then I want to make a couple of quick announcements, and then I'm out. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We give you the glory. Father, thank you for reminding us of our purpose, your purpose, first of all, that we be free, our purpose, that we be fruitful and multiply and share and bring blessings to the nations. We thank you that you tell us that we are sons of God. But not only that you tell us that we are sons of God, but you give us our spirit 
that causes us to have an intimate relationship with you. God, how we thank you and we praise you. How we bless you. Now, God, teach us to, again, to follow hard after your spirit, to keep up with your spirit, to sow by your spirit, and not sow to our flesh, for we don't want to reap corruptions. We don't want any any weeds in our garden, but instead we want fruit. God, we pray your blessings upon our life. We pray that you would continue to lean toward us, extending your hand of favor towards us and blessing us that we might bless others. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions? Any questions? Okay. While I'm still waiting for questions, just two things. Number one, for the next two Wednesdays, for the next two Wednesdays, I am going to be on vacation. And on vacation uh, basically means I am going to be in preparation because I don't know how to take no vacation. And I'm, as they say, some dogs can't learn new tricks, and this is one that has difficulty. But the reason why I'm going to uh, take the next two weeks is I need some preparation time because two Wednesdays, the third Wednesday after this one, we will go and begin our study in 1 Corinthians. And ooh-wee, is that going to be something? I think you're going to see so many parallels to where we are right now that it's ridiculous. Um, I, I did the, the preliminary work on it, but now I want to go back and do some things in detail. And when I do stuff in detail, it takes a long time. It does take a long time. And I, I'd like to be, I like being thorough. Uh, in the meantime, I'm still you know, cleaning up a lot of the things and still working on and, and refurbishing uh, as I want to put it, and, and, and put more detail to uh, this study from Galatians because I'm going to do more work with it, and I enjoy doing work in, in the book. So I'll be doing trying to finish, close one out and trying to start another one. Now, the third thing I want to say, and I know my wife is going to just get on me when I get in there, but the third thing, um, if you missed any of these lessons in Galatians, and you want to go back and get them, um, over the next week or so, I'll have them downloaded, all of them. And I chose not to download them one at a time. I choose to download them all at one time. Uh, I'll have all of them downloaded to the YouTube channel. And you can go on YouTube and get the entire lesson, uh, any of the lessons from, from the introduction all the way through Chapter 6. So um, with that said, uh, I'm going to, I, I see there's no questions. I'm going to sign off for the night. I've, I'm all, I've almost went to 45 minutes, and at least, at, least I, I, at least we don't have to, you know, come back next week and finish off those last five or six verses. They were done uh, with the understanding. And I think I thank God for each of you as you come out each week to um, the Bible study. I pray that you're sharing them with others. I was supposed to say at the beginning that uh, hit your share buttons. I didn't do it. I was also supposed to announce the guest call-in number, 929-477-2304. I just got excited and, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
pray for me that I get better at that. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, anyway, I, could, I do the best I can. So anyway, um, I'm praying. I'm praying for you. Please be praying for me, um, especially during this time where I'm going to be getting ready to go into this Corinthian study. I know that you know it's going to be fun, but anytime you bring the Word of God, anytime you bring the Word of God, let me tell you, it's a fight involved in it. There are there's fights, and so we have to stay focused. Pray for me. If you want to sow into me, sow prayer right now, and. That, that, that rogue draft is still kind of, you know, I'm just kidding. Y'all have a blessed week, uh, and I will see you guys in three weeks, two weeks rather. Not next Wednesday, not the Wednesday after, but the Wednesday after that. And I'll I'll put some dates on Facebook later on. But have a wonderful evening and walk in the blessing. Amen. Thanks, thanks Joanne. I appreciate it. Miss you. Bye-bye.